Hello, Pillow Forters, and welcome back into the Pillow Fort. I'm your host, Chris, and this is the Pillow Fort, recorded in an actual Pillow Fort. I'm serious, like, I've got, like, pillows stacked up alongside me right now, I've got a sheet over the top, there's a fan going in the background, you can probably hear it, it is a genuine 110% pillow fort. Episode one, well, the show about nothing, let's, um, let's kick it off. First segment of the day, well, we might do segments, we might just talk about nothing, I don't know what we're actually going to talk about, well, I guess we'll just figure it out as we go along, really, I'm... I've got, you know, it's just it's my insepid rambling to uh, bolster my own ego to make me feel better about myself that, you know, maybe there is someone out there that wants to listen to me and listen to my ridiculous ramblings and stuff that makes no sense and, you know, all that sort of thing. So let's go. I want to see Star Wars on the weekend. Yes, the brand new Star Wars. The Last Jedi, which isn't really The Last Jedi as such, I guess. When you think about it, it's probably more the last Jedi is in the way that the last Jedi is the last official Jedi that trained in a Jedi temple that did all the Jedi zoom zoom stuff because there's still effectively a Sith, which is a bad Jedi, and then there's Ray, which is she kind of trained with a Jedi for three lessons, which it felt like on Jedi Island was about six months. That's one thing really. They could have seriously cut back on the amount of time they spent on Jedi Island. Like, really. they The scenes there seem to go forever. But I will say, having Yoda back in the movie, there where uh, Luke goes to uh, burn, down the, burn down the tree, was interesting to see. Uh, it was good because you could tell that it was not a ridiculous CGI thing that, you know, that we, we saw in the prequels and we saw in... George's remakes of of the movie, we um, we actually saw a genuine puppet with a guy's hand up its butt doing its thing. So, yeah, it was good. Um, I'm just going to jump around the movie a little bit here and, you know, just tell you a few uh, parts that annoyed me and a few parts that I liked. The I didn't – the Leah flying part. Um, I like the idea of Leah not actually – Leia, Leah, whatever you want to say it as. Not actually, how do I say, using the Force. We knew she was Force-sensitive. Um, she can, you know, she feels the Force. She understands the Force. She understands the way it works. But it was the mystery of her and the Force in the way that she never actually physically used it. You never saw her use it. You just had, you know, these scenes where this, the sound had come in the background and you'd be like, oh, she's sensing something and that sort of thing. You know, I did like the idea of that. But then you see her use this in a very Mary Poppins way. And she's got the hand out and I can just see the memes coming now where they put the uh, the Mary Poppins umbrella in Leia's hand as she's going towards the ship. Um, yeah, that that's always that sort of sat wrong with me. Um, the 72 different storylines basically that I had going on was did my head in a little bit, but you know, that's it's a Star Wars movie, that's what happens. Um, the scene where Luke milks a sea cow, creepy, super creepy, and it's only made more creepy 
when you sort of pan back and Ray's looking there and then the sea cow siren, whatever you want to call it, turns around and looks at Ray and Ray just has this awkward like, oh, and turns around. So what the hell is going on in the background? So that's, that's weird in itself. Yeah, but hey, it, it, it is what it is. You know, it's, I guess that's to, to show, like a friend told me, it, it really is to show that there is, you know, that he has a schedule because later on in, the, in, in that sequence, uh, Ray does mention to Luke when she goes into the, to the tree with all the Jedi scripts um, that, you know, I've seen your schedule, you should be able to train me, you're not busy. So, you know, that, that, that's a thing. Um, but, yeah, um, you know, the the BB-8 section where BB-8 piloted the ATST um, was a bit weird, but that whole section, you know, I know it was a good battle scene and people have told me, you know, it's it's a good battle section and, hey, look, you know, it's a little bit of fun. It's, you know, it, it's about time they had a decent fight scene in a Star Wars movie and blah, 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 blah. But it just seemed very, very, very video gamey to me. Um, like it was a level for a video game, like in the prequels there where uh, they're in the droid manufacturing plant and you see young, well, mature age Anakin Skywalker jumping, you know, from level to level, getting his hand caught in the thing, losing the lightsaber, blah, 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 blah. You know, that that sort of thing, that's what it appeared to me to be sort of, you know, it is made for a video game. Um, a cool level in a video game if it is made for a video game, but it seems to be made for a video game all the same. The opening scene is fantastic. Um, the, the comedy in this movie is on point. Um, I'm very impressed with the comedy in this movie. Um, it... it it's made, it, Star Wars is a kid's movie or a young adult's movie, you know, us adults, you know, me at 31 and, you know, there's a lot of people older than me that really like Star Wars that'll crack the sads at this movie and say, you know, it's a horrible movie and they spirit mad, blah, 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 you know, but it, it, it's not made for us. It, it, it's made for that teenage audience, that 21, you know, a 16 through 21 year old audience. That's what it's made for. Um, and, you know, even below, you know, the little toys and that sort of thing that are, that'll come out of this movie and, and, and that sort of thing. That's what that's what it's made for, the Legos. It, it, it's not made for older people like me. The comedy in it was good. I really liked it. It was actually quite funny. They were well-placed, um, well-paced last, well-paced comedy lines. It it flowed very well with the script. Um, it flowed very well with the with the scenes. It, it flowed very well with everything, really. Um, I, I can't fault the comedy in the movie, to be honest. At the very end of the movie, there's a scene where you see Rose laying on a bed and Finn goes into a drawer and opens a drawer, trying to find her a blanket. And in the bottom corner of the drawer, if you look closely, the scripts that Luke apparently burnt, or Yoda burnt, but Luke wanted to burn down, are actually in the drawer. So it makes sense as to why Luke then, Luke had snuck on to the Millennium Falcon, was to put those in there, not just to have a look around and go, oh, the old days. It was genuinely to put them in there. So that was very interesting as to what that sets up for the next movie. Um, 
And at the very, very end, uh, the final scene, you see three uh, orphan kids back on the casino planet uh, mucking around and doing their thing, telling a story about how Luke Skywalker stood up to the um, stood up to the to the First Order and you know did his thing. But then you also see the kids run out, and it's very hard to pick up because there's a shadow. But you see the kid walk past the broom and put his hand out, and he uses the force to pick up the broom. So I was like, "Ooh, that's interesting. There must be light." and a flicker of hope back in the galaxy if, because it's explained through the movie that the Force isn't for the Jedi. It's not controlled by the Jedi. It's it's not a thing for the Jedi. It's, it's something that's all around us. It's between us. What binds the whole universe together, which is brilliant. I really did enjoy the movie. I watched it twice. I went to uh, VMAX and watched it on the big curved screen with the with the 29 speakers in the cinema, and that was an incredible way to see Star Wars for the first time. Um, it's the way I saw Force Awakens for the first time. Um, I'm not going to lie, it's it's quite loud with the 29 speakers, especially when you sit up the back and there's a speaker right next to your head. Um, but my, my advice would be to sit right in the middle of the cinema, um, or sort of towards the back of the cinema, sort of four rows in where you're about level... Eye level with the middle of the screen. It's, 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 yeah. It's it's good to watch it in a big screen to start off with. Um, and then I saw it again today um, on a Christmas present from my lovely parents. Um, they sent me along and said, you know, go and watch Star Wars again. And I said, right, I'll go and watch it again. And they they booked me some gold class tickets, so I went in the comfy chairs. Um, I think I lost a little bit of the movie watching it in the comfy chairs. Um, it could be because it was New Year's Day. I got plenty of sleep though, but. Um, you know, I was at the cricket the night before and then, you yeah, sort of come home and or back to the, back to the hotel I was staying in and, and, uh, was in bed by 11.30 or 11, 11.30. So I got plenty of sleep, but I just didn't feel as engaged the second time, um, as I did the first time. So I'm hoping, you know, if I, if I get down somewhere where it's on again, I might go and watch it on a big screen, uh, big noisy screen in VMAX or even, even in a normal cinema without the super comfy seats. I think it's just, yeah, I think I'm, I wasn't, I wasn't as engaged with it the second time around, which completely sounds lame because it is a movie and it is fantasy. It's not actually things. So yeah, feel free to abuse me on that and just say, it's not a thing, dude. Seriously, get over it. Um, but hey, I like the movie. I enjoyed watching it. Um, I will definitely, once it comes out, watch it again and again and again and again and again to the point where, like it is now for Force Awakens with me, I don't actually watch the movie as such. I watch the background characters and watch what's going on in the background and, and look for mistakes in the background, um, like where the stormtrooper bangs his head, um, you know, that sort of thing. And, you know, there is a few. Um, I picked up on a few when I was watching it the first time. Um, there's a scene where Finn's trying to um, escape, and he opens a uh, opens a what's it called? It's got a escape shuttle, and that's when we meet Rose for the first time, whose sister died in the bombing raids. And you see him put the bag down in front of the escape pod, and he's going through it. And then all of a sudden, about two minutes later, after after Rose and Finn have been talking, you see. Uh, Rose go, oh, you're just checking a shuttle with 
a packed bag and the bag's actually in the seat. So you're like, oh, that's interesting. That got from there to there without actually anyone doing it. But as a Star Wars movie, as a movie in general, um, you know, probably 8 out of 10. Yeah, I think 8 out of 10 is a fair number for it. It's definitely not a 10 out of 10. It's it's no Deadpool in, in the way that I look at Deadpool. Deadpool is definitely a 10 out of 10 movie. And, yeah, it's no Deadpool. So what I thought I'd do now is uh, give you give you an insight into you know, sort of where my head's at in relation to um, and podcasts and that sort of thing um, to give you an idea of sort of, you know, what, what sort of podcast do I listen to and, and things of that nature. Um uh, what podcast apps I use and all that sort of stuff. So I use a, a podcast app called Pocket Cast. Um, it's a paid-for app. Um, it's from um, a couple of guys um, out of Australia who produce it. Uh, it does cost you to install, obviously. You do have to pay for it, but um, given that Apple has now destroyed their podcast app um, with their, their new good thing that they've done with theirs where, you know, from what I've heard from people, it doesn't sync up properly, it doesn't keep your podcast properly and that sort of thing. I, you know, it's, I, I went to podcast a long time ago when Apple updated their podcast app. God, ugh, I would have been, you know, five, six years ago um, when I started getting into podcasts really hardcore. Um, that's when I sort of updated to, to this new one. Um, I heard about them through an Australian podcast. I can't remember which one it is. It's probably um, one that I don't listen to anymore. Um, but, hey, I am glad I upgraded. Um, it's, a, it's a far better podcast app. Um, it's a lot easier to use. I know people use Overcast and um, SoundCloud, and now you can get podcasts on TuneIn and that sort of thing. I'm not sure what they're like, but... Yeah, I like the one that I've got, and it works quite well. So, um, just just to give everyone out there an idea of the sort of sort of podcasts I listen to, it's it's predominantly comedy podcasts, um, predominantly long form talking podcasts. Uh, the number one podcast, obviously, on my on my list is the Dollop um, with with Dave Anthony and Gareth Reynolds. Uh, Gareth Reynolds. Um, don't call him Gary. Um, that's that's my number one podcast. It's an American history podcast. Um, Dave and Gareth are extremely, two extremely, extremely funny uh, American comedians. Um, Dave used to have a podcast he used to listen to called, called Working, Walking the Room with a guy called Greg Berent. Um, that was basically when both of them were going through some, some interesting, um, not great times in their lives. They got together each week and talked about it and, and, and that sort of thing. So, you know, that was quite a, quite a good podcast. I don't think it's, I don't think you can get the episodes anymore unless you, you get them direct from their website or, or something along those lines. But, you know, that was a good podcast to listen to. It's, it's, it's very dated. Um, they're both in completely different places in their life now, um, doing completely different things. So, yeah, so I, I'd like going on to the dollop. Um, it's, yeah, it's funny. You, when you hear slogans um, along the lines of "Make America Great Again" and then you listen to the dollop, you wonder when America was actually ever great. Um, and then, you know, they do a tour of Australia quite regularly. Um, and in the tour of Australia, they they do Australian history. And you realise that at school you're taught the the good things about history. You're not taught that. Burke and Wills were actually complete fuck-ups. Um, you're not taught that at school. You're taught that, that they're, you know, great Australian, um, great Australian explorers who, you know, who we should idolise and think we should be like, but they were complete fuck-ups. 
Um, you know, you don't you don't hear the story. You're not taught in history the story of when Australia lost a war to a bunch of emus. Um, you know, you, you don't you don't hear that sort of stuff. Um, and you know, even in America, some of the stuff that comes in this history about America, it's it's incredible. Um, it, it's it's well worth a listen. I'd I'd go and have a listen to it. Um, I also listened to the um, Tofop, Fofop and Willosophy, um, three podcasts from basically the Will Anderson house. Um, Tofop is him and um, Charlie Clawson, who's a former actor of Home and Away. Um, they basically get together and just talk nothing, um, basically a lot about Batman and movies and that sort of thing and what's going on in their lives. Um, Fofop is the, basically Tofop but without Charlie. Um, because when Charlie got his job on um, Home and Away, he wasn't allowed to do the podcast anymore. And philosophy is a basically what it is. It's what it sounds like. It's it's a philosophical podcast that Will does, where he gets with with um, up and comers or people he's really interested about and talks about um, their philosophy, their philosophy to life and, and and the way that they they look at life and that sort of thing. It's 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 quite an interesting. Quite an interesting listen. Um, then we sort of go, well, we're still in the comedy band. Well, you know, the Little Dum Dum Club, Australia's number one premier podcast. Um, I recommend anyone who's listening to this who listens to podcasts needs to download the Little Dum Dum Club and get in on it now. Um, these two guys, um, their their solo comedy careers aren't going great, but as of the Little Dum Dum Club with them together, um, they're they're amazing. Uh, it's just funny. They have top shelf guests um, every week. It's just hilarious. Um, so you definitely get in on the little dum dum club. Um, we drop into sort of sort of a sport cast sport podcast for a little bit. Um, the Howie Games with Mark Howard. He just introduce he uh, interviews sporting stars for about an hour and just finds out about their lives and their backstories and uh, what made them who they are. And it's it's an absolute fantastic podcast to listen to. Um, you find stuff out about people that you had um, no idea about half the stuff that he talks about with them and, and, and who they are and that sort of thing. Um, it's it's actually, yeah, I, I recommend listening to that. Um, the Great Cricketer, um, which is basically a podcast about the Twitter stream, about the Great Cricketer. It's about playing cricket at the grade level and and offering people and, you know, it's about doing circuits and, and your yeah, levers and that sort of thing. Um, very, very funny. There's a few criminal ones. I've listened to Serial over the time. I currently listen to Criminal, um, Detective, Case File, which is an Australian crime. He does crimes from all over the world, but it's, you know, it's an Australian-based, um, the guy's Australian-based. Um, Tested, which is a 20-minute podcast once a week from Mythbusters, um, Adam Savage just talks basically special effects or anything that's going on, movies and, and that sort of thing that he's worked on. Don't You Know Who I Am is um, from the former host, not Adam Hills, uh, former host of Spicks and Specs. It's basically an interview interview style podcast, or interview panel style podcast where um, Josh reads out questions based on people's Twitter and Facebook and social media feeds. It's and, and stories they've sent him. Um, you find out some very interesting stuff about uh, Australian and international comedians that you didn't know before. The Jim Jeffries podcast pretty much speaks for itself. It's Jim basically talking about his show. It goes with the show. You don't need to watch the show to understand what's going on, but 
it's it's basically Jim gets together with his writers at the end of the end of the show filming and, and talks about the show. Probably science is two um, guys out of America who actually have science degrees. Um, one of them's an engineer and one of them's a mathematician, and they basically both work in comedy. They don't do anything about anything to do with their degrees in the real world. They they did for a little while, but then they became comedians. The one of the one of the original podcasts that I got onto, and one of the one of the well, the founding father of a thing called the LA Podcast Festival, um, and a movie called called Earbuds, a documentary about what podcasting is and who podcasting is for and and why we why we love podcasting and why us as podcasters become podcasters. Well, I can't really call myself a podcaster. I, I'm not a podcaster at the moment. I'm just, you know, talking to a computer screen. But um, it's just it's it's called the Comedy Film Nerds and it's basically two blokes to get together and talk about movies with a guest. To raise the profile of podcasting and, you know, understand that it's actually a thing between them and Mark Maron, you know, Mark Maron had the president on his podcast, like, literally the president went to Mark Maron's house and sat in Mark Maron's garage in the guest seat and recorded a podcast with Mark Maron. The president of the United States of America, Barack Obama, went to some dude's garage to record a fake radio show that's only available on the internet. Now, that seems so bizarre that that's happening, but so incredible. There's that many podcasts out there that help people. Um, I know, you know, when there's times where I've gone, you know, I've been down and sort of lonely and, and you know, bored and that sort of thing. And, you know, you just whack on a podcast and you listen to these guys talk and you've got them in your ear holes every day. And, you know, I don't listen to radio anymore. I just have my 39 podcasts that I've got on my list and I put them in the ute and just play them one after the other while I'm driving around. And, and you, you feel like you get to know these people. Um, it feels like they become your friends. And it's when you when you see people attacking them on social media, you almost want to jump in and stick up for them. And then you sort of think to yourself, like, Willianderson doesn't know who I am. Why would he care about me? He doesn't know who I am at all. So, you know, it's you do you, you genuinely feel like you know these people because they it's such an intimacy in in the way that podcasting works and the way that podcasting's done. It's it's either you know two people, a group of people, but there's there's no filter here on podcasting. You know, we we edit stuff and that sort of thing. You know, everyone edits edits their podcast a little bit because you know they're like, well, you know, there might be a little bit of like too much, you know, dead air or something while you're looking something up on the computer or, you know, you bang the mic too much or, you know, you make too much noise in the background or something like that. So you've got to, you know, take a whole section out and start again. But it's it's very it's very intimate. It's not like radio. You don't – nothing's filmed in four-minute grabs. You know, I can sit here and, you know, I'm getting up on 10 minutes now or not 10 minutes but, you know, I've got 10 minutes of raw, of raw footage or raw, raw audio here right now that um, it's just sitting there so I can go through and, I'll, you know, I'll take a fair bit out of dead air and where I just say the same thing about 20 different times and 30 different ways um, and, and go through that and, you know, I'll, I'll listen back and I genuinely hate the sound of my own voice so editing a podcast is going to suck. Um, I'm trying to do all these in one take but I've already sort of sat down and looked at the 
looked at the time frame and going, yeah, well, I can stop it and start again, but it's it's going to have to have some editing because there's lots of sections where I don't say anything. Um, but we'll see how it goes. Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's, you know, sort of my the way that I look at podcasting. I listen to a lot of um, Australian podcasts as well as, as well as international podcasts, mainly out of America. There's a couple out of Britain that I listen to, you know, the Radio 4 comedy comedy podcast I listen to. But when it comes to podcasting, this is about a podcast out there for everybody. Um, it doesn't matter what you want to listen to. You know, if you're into fashion design, I'm sure there's a podcast out there for fashion design. If you're into cutting your grass, I'm sure there's a podcast out there for that. Um, you know, it's only a matter of time before fetish podcasts start coming in and and that sort of thing. You know, everyone... Everyone and anyone's got a podcast now because it's it's the new medium. It's simple, you know. I've bought a, as you can probably hear by how crappy the sound is, I just went and bought a fifteen dollar on desk microphone from from the electrical store and just plugged it into my laptop and hooked up Garage Band and said, right, oh, let's do this. You know, when when I listen to these podcasts, I always think to myself, oh, it'd be easy to do a podcast, wouldn't it? But when you're sort of doing it, you get there and you're like, oh, what do I say next? You know, it's it. It's hard, especially when you're sitting there and talking to yourself um, without anyone else around. It's very hard not to get fidgety and move stuff a lot, and you know, make heaps of noise in the background and and that sort of thing, and, and get lost and you know, lost in your thoughts and spend five minutes just sitting there talking about nothing in particular, um, or saying the same thing, or just giving complete dead air, which which happens a lot. Um, so yes, that's that's the podcast side of things. Um, feel free to shoot me an email and let me know you know what podcast you guys listen to. I'm happy to you know I'm happy to add podcasts to my 39 podcast rotation this time of year. It's a bit lean on podcasts. Obviously, everyone goes on holidays, so no one's really recording or they're playing banked episodes. So you're not getting a lot of sort of live stuff. And then you know about February March time, there'll be heaps of podcasts because it's you know it's festival time. So all the all the comedians that I listen to are all you know banking doing podcasts one a week and two a week and and that sort of thing or you know there's some of them are doing them three nights a week so you know it's 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 you know it's it's good around that time and then it sort of slows up a little bit and and then gets a little bit you know a bit full on again you know middle of winter when when there's a lot of podcasting going on and a lot, a lot of comedy shows going on and that sort of thing over winter because, you know, people don't mind sitting inside an air-conditioned room listening to comedy in the middle of winter and, you know, inside of January when it's 45 degrees. No one really wants to sit inside an, an air-conditioned room listening to a bunch of blokes talk about a fake radio show. Um, but I've probably only got, like, three listeners. If I can get to five listeners, then I'll have a live show on my back veranda. Um and you guys can all come around and and I'll bought a box of beer out and you know a bottle of wine and a bottle of champagne and we can we can have a big guests uh, all five of you can be guests on my podcast at the same time we we'll just sit around and turn the microphone on and just talk shit for two hours um, which is you know, be probably more interesting than what I'm talking about right now so how was everyone's New Year's um, the three people that listened to me. And two of them are probably bots, and one of them is probably a real person because it's probably actually me that's registering as a download. So I'm actually talking to myself. Um, how was everybody's New Year's? What did we get up to? How did we celebrate it? Where did we go? Uh, my New Year's was spent um, at Adelaide Oval, uh, watching the Strikers take on the Brisbane Heat. Um, a uh, New Year's tradition for the past uh, four years since the Big Bash has been around. 
Um, the Big Bash is a uh, domestic T20 cricket comp in Australia um, where franchise teams from each state um, play against each other to to basically win a cup. I think it's a cup where it's like a trophy type situation. But yeah, no, I spent my uh, New Year's there watching that, um, watching the strikers get over the top of the Brisbane Heat. It's, it's fairly sketchy at times. I thought, um, I really did think that, uh, that Brisbane were going to do it. They... The strikers put on a horrid batting display, um, and the Brisbane Heat do bat very deep. But their uh, batsmen at you know five, six, and seven didn't really perform on on New Year's Eve, which was good. Um, after the sh- after the game, they put on a bit of a uh, bit of an entertainment show um, for the people on the ground before we sort of all head out and go our own ways for New Year's. Um, the theme this year was retro, which I found very, um, how do we say, very surprising um, because it's always been retro for the Strikers games at Adelaide Oval. Um, they very rarely play any music that's outside the 70s and 80s. Um, they occasionally touch on the 90s and they probably got one track from the year 2000. Um, to, to have a theme and promote United's retro and have everyone getting around in glitter and and wigs and that sort of thing was, was quite interesting to see because, yeah, you're just like, guys, every every year it's retro. Every game it's retro. The opening music to the Big Bash itself, even on its TV coverage, even in the ground, is ACDC's TNT. So, you know... You want this game to be uh, for the for the for the kids, and for you know for the young people. But maybe you need to play some young younger sort of music. I yeah, you know, I'm not going out there and saying let's play Taylor Swift and Justin Bieber and Beyonce and those sort of guys. But you know, there's some there's some decent you know club mixes out there with with those with with that people have put out there. You know that are that it would be quite work quite well at a. At a, at a big bash game, them you know, big up, high tempo, bit of fun, bit of laughs, and you know that sort of thing. But hey, they do this double header thing where the women's game plays first, and then the men's game. There's only you know, there's only one issue is the women's game is actually scheduled to finish two and a half hours before the men's game starts. So these games go for three hours on their own. So. Being a being a SACA member or being a SACA member as all of us are, uh, we don't have access to reserve seating or we can't buy tickets. We've it's basically a free for all in the members to get your tickets. So if you want to get there and get a seat, you kind of have to get there like early in the women's game. So you know, a game that takes three hours, you spend actually longer at the ground getting a seat than you do watching the game. I I, I can't understand for the life of me. Why the games need to finish so far apart? Like, I, it's not that much to do. All they got to do is pull a rope up. Right? There's you could literally ha- half an hour, forty five minutes. That's all you'd need between games, and the atmosphere would stay bigger for longer. The 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 women's game would have a bigger crowds. You know, it, it'd make the whole thing a lot more fun if you only had to go there. You know, for the three hours of the women's game, then forty-five minutes, and then three hours of the men's game. It just seems to make more sense to me, but it's obviously to do with broadcast rights and and such, and when Channel Ten wants to broadcast it. But you know, it's 
it's not fun for the spectators. It's it's not fun for, you know, people with families and kids if they want to get there and get a seat and they've got to get there, you know, four or five hours before the game even starts for a three-hour game and all of a sudden it turns, you know, what a T20 game is, which is the three-hour, so it's it's quick, it's fun, it's good for the families. You know, it turns it into basically the same length as a one-day international game. So, you know, it's, it's not a lot of fun, but I, you know, I... I think it's easy to fix. Went there, we, we did our cricket thing. Um, then after the crickets, I uh, went back to my hotel and was in bed at 11.30. So, well, yeah. So I had a, you know, I had a great night. I went and uh, did some purchasing at the uh, the bakery on O'Connell Street. Got myself a, uh, a donut the size of my head and a uh, sausage roll. And then went back to the room and ate them and then tuck it into bed for the night and then... Uh, to wake up at midnight to the sound of the fireworks going off in the city because I was staying just north of the city and having a freak out going, oh, no, it's happening, we're being invaded. And then looking at the time and going, oh, it's only the fireworks at midnight and then just rolling back over and going back to sleep. So that was my New Year's. Very, um, I had heaps on. I did heaps. Stayed out all night. Yeah, like, no. Not even close. Didn't even see the fireworks. I uh, I did catch the Sydney replay fireworks in the morning um, on the news. I still I still don't get fireworks. You know what I mean, guys? Like, I just I don't, I don't understand. What's what's the fascination with them? New South Wales spent seven point two million dollars on fireworks this year. Seven point two million. Like, I know it's, you know, it's all, look, let's turn the Harbour Bridge into a waterfall of flame, but that's a lot of money. 7.2 million? You think that's what they spent? What did every other um, city spend on their fireworks? Like, surely, I've I've been to Disney, right? You know, I watched the, uh, I watched the Sound and Light show at Disney that they have in, they have it over in, uh, in where they have the Disney roller coaster, you know, the old Paradise Paradise Pier area, you know, the part has been around forever and a day. Um, and it's got, you know, Mickey's uh, Mickey's fun Ferris wheel. Let me just tell you something. Mickey's fun Ferris wheel is not fun. It is horrifyingly terrible. I hated every second of it. I thought I was going to die. Obviously, you can't because you're stuck on it, but... It was the worst experience of my entire life was going on that stupid thing. But anyway, I digress. So I've, I've, I've been there. I've seen the, uh, the, the sound and light show they have there. Now, what they do there is, is they have this big frame thing in the, in the water and, it, and it, it shoots up a jet of water and then they play um, film onto it. So, you know, when we were there, it was World of Colour was what the, what the show was called. And it was incredible to watch this stream of water turn into basically into a movie screen. Um, and then they had all these jets underneath and they had these flamethrowers and, and all that sort of stuff. And I was thinking to myself, and, and I'm watching it and I'm going, could you imagine if they set, you know, maybe half a dozen or a dozen of these rigs up or even, even use the bridge? You know, you still want to do that crappy thing with shit hanging off the bridge. So why not bolt, you know, a big pipe on the bridge in Sydney and, and have the water run down or jet down to make a screen and then project stuff on onto the bridge? Like, you know, they did, over there they did, um, 
there was an uh, watercolour section, there was like an aerial part, and there was a bit of Lion King and Mickey and Minnie and, you know, the Disney stuff, um, Aladdin um, and that sort of stuff. But, you know, in, in Australia they could, you know, you, you could do stuff like that and reuse it every year. It's not like fireworks where they blow it up and then it's gone. So you've just blown $7.2 million and you're never going to use it again. If you spent that $7.2 million and bought a couple of these rigs to do this job, and then you use those rigs every year to do your New Year's, wouldn't that be a better idea? Like, wouldn't that be, to, for mind, that'd be smarter because you could custom do it every year. You could use it as an advertising-type tourism promo on the fireworks every year. Like, imagine that. You know, you just come in and, and you know, well, 10, 9, 8, blah, 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 boom, and then it comes up with, like, the Great Barrier Reef, on the Sydney Harbour and a flyover and then you sort of bank left and they've got all this music playing in time and, you know, you come up over the, up over and go through, you know, across the, the, the coal fields and, and, and into, into um, Catherine and, and down through the gorges and, and over to WA and the Flinders Ranges and the Great Australian Bight, you know, those sort of places and then come back around and then it, and then you sort of, coming back in and then it's like a picture of the Sydney Harbour Bridge on the water and it's like a plane's coming through and then just have a plane fly over and, you know, all colours and music and fun and flames and stuff like that. Like, to me, you're going to get more value out of that than you're going to get out of out of, um, out of fireworks because fireworks are a runoff thing. Like, this is something people could work on. You know, you could basically employ a team of 20 people to work on the New Year's Eve thing all year round instead of just blowing up a whole bunch of fireworks you know I know these guys have a job and they do their job very well I don't know I just think a world of colour style style New Year's Eve even if you just tried it in a smaller city to start off with would would be actually quite 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 fun um, you know I loved watercolour I thought it was fantastic and I'd love to see it on a bigger scale like on a on a New Year's Eve New Year's Eve style scale and, and that sort of thing and I think it'll work very well you know, I was even thinking, imagine, you know, during during um, festival season, you know, or Mad March here in Adelaide. Like, could you imagine down where where they put the, um, what's it called, the Royal KK Club? I think that's what it's called. They put the Royal KK Club on the on the banks of the Torrens there. And, and I was thinking to myself, like, imagine if they did a World of Colour type thing at, like, 10 o'clock on the Royal KK Club and, and you know, the amount of the people that they could get down there and, and, and the interesting stuff like that, like... That's, that's, you know, use what other people are using. That's my thoughts anyway. But, you know, that's that's my crazy thought. And your thoughts are whether whether any of you have seen World of Colour or, you know, you can Google it. There's videos of World of Colour on YouTube and that sort of thing. So, you know, have a look at World of Colour and, and, and that sort of thing and, and tell me what you think. Do you, do, you think it's a, do you think it's a viable option to do a, do a World of Colour style? style New Year's Eve or, or something like that. Like, I, I, I don't think it'd be that hard to do. And it's a rig that can go on the shed for 12 months and then be trotted out at New Year's. You can even use it at Christmas. You can do a Christmas light show. It's, you know, it's something that's there all year round. Um, well, fam, that's probably going to uh, see me out for the first episode of the Pillow Fort. Um, hopefully with all this uh, this uh, audio I've got, I can sort of, well, I'll be able to trot in about 10, 12 13, maybe 15 minutes. We'll see what happens. 
um, see how much I'm going to cut out. Probably lots, because there'll be lots of me just going into the microphone. Um, but we might leave it in there. It'll make it more authentic, more real. You can feel like you're standing in the room with me going, will you stop saying, uh, but, you know, we'll, uh, I'll see what I cut out and what I don't cut out. Depends uh, when I get through the first section how much I uh, am sick of editing and then just decide, bugger it, I'm going to leave it in. It's raw. It's real. It's the pillow fort. You know, we're, we're in here. We're under the pillows. We're telling ghost stories. We've got the torch in the middle with the orange cellophane across the top of it. I'm telling you about a guy who used to live out my backyard back in 1972 that killed all of his wife and kids and was killing people. And, you know, if you listen right at the right time at midnight, the, at the third stroke of the big clock at midnight, he'll come out. And if you don't say his name, he'll kill you. You know, that's that's the sort of thing we're doing in here. That's uh, that's what the pillow for for. It's uh, to come in and, and be real and talk about real stuff. It's, uh, it's a safe space. This is a safe space. We can talk about what we want. If uh, people want to judge me on what I'm saying, I don't care. Um, judge me. If you want to judge me, judge me. Um, please don't. Please just judge me in private. Don't tell me out loud how much of a horrible person I am and how I'm not funny and not interesting. You'll make me cry. Please don't make me cry. <laughs> um, no, all good. Uh, you can make me cry if you want. I'll hunt you down and I'll kill you. I have a very, very, uh, a very specific set of skills. And I've got some friends in some very high places, if you know what I mean. My fellow family, my pillow fort family, um, time to turn the torch off and climb out. Mum's calling us for dinner. So uh, I'll uh, catch up with you in a, in a couple of weeks and hopefully we can make one that's longer than 12 minutes. I'll, um, I'm going to try and work on a list of stuff we're going to talk about during the pillow fort, um, try and some, some segments and some stuff to discuss. Um, we might, you know, put some put some random tracks in between stuff, you know, like little uh, license-free, like dun 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 dun, you know, between between segments and that sort of thing. But look, honestly, I'm I'm relying on on your feedback as well as as much as mine, you know, to give me ideas of stuff to talk about. Hopefully, in the next sort of few weeks, I can maybe have a guest on and we can talk with a guest. But hey, we'll see what happens. We'll see if we can get some some funny people on, or we won't get funny people on because I don't know any comedians. I may listen to them and think that I know them, but I don't actually know who they are. But, um, you know, some people in some interesting spots who have interesting jobs and interesting voluntary stuff that they do, so we'll have a chat with them. But for now, pillow fought out.